Amen. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. It is wild in the house today, and that is okay, right? Because we are, it's cool to see everybody in here all at the same time as a family, as a church family. And uh, we're a couple things and a couple reasons that we did this family service. Number one, just to have family together all in the same room. But number two, just to give our volunteers a break, all right? And so you're like, I would rather serve in Kid City than, no, maybe. But uh, again, I want to thank you so much for what you have done this past year as our volunteers in Kid City. And so whether you're in Kid City or not, like, let's give them a round of applause. Thank you for pouring into our kiddos and doing what you do for our kiddos. Yeah. And also in the back we have, and I think they're handing them out, some little coloring sheets and just some different things to keep them busy and entertained or to help you keep them busy and entertained. And I'm going to, I always say this and then I end up going long, but I'm going to go shorter than I normally do or attempt to, all right, at least attempt to go shorter than I normally do just to help us out this morning. And then we've got a couple more just awesome songs of celebration as well. All right. So this, this time of year, right, just has this crazy excitement about it. I don't know what it is or what does it for us, but this excitement of just getting ready for the season, right? Like we're out in the, in the shops. I was at Target last night and I told Abby, it looked like a bomb went off. Like racks are just in complete disarray and nuts, right? But it's an awesome time as well of just the hustle and bustle of people like moving through the city. Like it's really cool to be a part of like be in Kansas City during the holiday season, you know? In Fort Smith, we had like two major roads and holiday season, you didn't get on them because you're going to be just sitting still, right? But up here, it's cool to just see the hustle and bustle that's going on and the things that are going on in the city. But here's the thing I think that brings us to that, right? Is the anticipation, Right, the anticipation of the day. I don't know what it is about Christmas, but it just brings this anticipation. And we get excited about it. Now, I was thinking about our kiddos that are with us today, right? Are you excited about what's about to happen in a couple days? Yeah? You're pretty excited. What's about to happen in a couple days? What? Christmas, and you get presents, right? You get presents. Now, here's the thing. We've been walking through this series called Be the Gift, and we've been talking about how we are the gift to our city, but also we've been given this gift of the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us, right? But today we're going to talk about the greatest gift we've been given, right? This gift of Jesus Christ himself. And so we use Christmas as this time and this opportunity to celebrate him and his birth, right? To remember the fact that he was born. Yes, there's other things that go with it, gifts, trees, lights, all of those different things, but it leads us to this crazy anticipation, this excitement for what is about to happen. I looked up the definition of anticipation, and that's it, expectation and excitement, right? Like we are excited for this time of season or this time of year. I don't know what it is, but something does it. Now, here's the thing. Some of you, your anticipation has been building all year. Right? Like December 26th of last year, you went out and started buying Christmas presents for the next year. Right? I used to have an assistant that she would buy all through the year, like her Christmas gifts. And so like January, she started shopping for that next year. But some of you, anticipation there. Some of you, it's like anticipation today. Right? Like I've got to go buy the rest of my gifts or even start buying gifts today. Right? But your anticipation builds for the season. And then all the things, we put them in place right? Think about that for a second. All the things we put in place, okay? 
stockings, Christmas tree, Christmas lights, decor, the presents start to slide under the tree and all these different things. And the excitement in the house builds. Does it not? Like it builds. So the funny thing is like at our house, the other day I walk in the room and there's two presents out in the middle of the room and there's two little boys sitting there shaking them. Right? Like the excitement has built and the anticipation is there. Now here's the thing. When Jesus was born, there was a great anticipation. Now, as Austin mentioned, there were some prophecies that had come many years before Jesus was even a thought or a, or a, a baby, right? Like there were prophecies that came into place. But here's the thing. After those prophecies came to Isaiah and came to Micah and others, like those prophecies came, there was this period of nothing, Right? There was this period where the Messiah didn't come. The Messiah wasn't there. But then God, in his perfect timing, what does he do? He says, all right, now it's time to reveal my son to you. And so he brings Jesus on the scene. Now, here's the thing. The anticipation was for the ones that knew what the gift was. Right? So think about that for a minute. Who knew who the gift was? Well, Mary knew what the gift was. Right? Or she kind of (laughs) did. Right? Joseph kind of knew what the gift was. And all of these people that knew what the gift was, there was great anticipation for them because they knew that the Messiah was coming. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I love surprises. Right? Like this time of year and getting a gift is really a fun thing for me. Like I love surprises. But for some people, the anticipation takes over. And they do better when they know what the gift is. Right? When they know what the gift is, their anticipation does a little better. So my dad, he used to take his presents and he would take his pocket knife and he would slide it behind the tape just right so that it would open up his gift. So that he knew what it was. He just did better with that. So we used to have to disguise our presents and put bricks in there or like coins or all these different things. He even admitted one year that he cut a little hole in the box to look in the box and then put it back. Like he needed to know what was in the box. He needed to know what the gift was. But here's the thing, right? These people knew what, who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. Right? And so they got excited about it. Now, here's the thing. I started kind of thinking, okay, if we're talking about gift that is Jesus, and we compare that to the gifts we get, here's one thing that came to mind, okay? The greatest gifts typically have a great story behind them. Right? The greatest gifts typically have a great story behind them. Now, I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago when we had our staff Christmas party. We were challenged as a staff to bring something that was sentimental to us and then tell the story that goes behind it. And so the guy that had me, his name's Kyle. He's our student pastor down in Edgerton. He got me this little leather pouch. Now, I'll be honest, all right? When I first opened this up, I was kind of like, oh, okay, right? Because some people before me had gotten some pretty cool stuff. And I was like, all right, leather pouch, cool. You know, I mean, my flesh, right? But anyway, so here's the cool thing, though. He starts telling the story behind this gift. And Kyle has a heart and a love for Japan and the Japanese people. And he's gone on multiple mission trips over there to share Jesus with these folks. 
And so he bought this pouch on his first trip over there and has taken it with him every time since. And in that, he said, okay, open it up. So I open it up and inside are these little Japanese coins. And he says, these, these with the, the hole in them. See the Japanese? Okay, so they have holes in them. You see that, kiddos? See that? I can see you through them. All right? These holes. And he says, what Japanese believe is that the spirit of like fruitfulness and the spirit of like plenty, if you will, monetary gain, live within these holes or circles of their money. And so the Japanese folks will actually pray over their money and pray over those spirits so that they will be financially blessed. And Kyle said, here's what I do, is I pray that Jesus will take over their lives. And every time I go to Japan, I have this opportunity to share that with them. And this pouch I take with me every time I go. Now that changes the sentimental value very quickly of this pouch, doesn't it? And his question to me was, will you help me pray over Japan? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? But it's the story behind the gift that changes the value of the gift. So I started thinking through that a little more, right? And the second thing that came to mind was this. The greatest gifts we are given often don't come in the flashiest of packages. Right? The greatest gifts we are often given do not come in the flashiest of packages. And here's the thing that amazes me about what Jesus did. Jesus and God decided we're going to bring you into this world in the lowest of forms. We're going to bring you as a child. Because think about this for a minute. He is the king. Right? He is God Almighty, and how he entered the world, he could have done it in any way he so desired, and he chose the form of a child. And also, not even just the form of a child, but a baby. Right? A helpless, helpless baby. But then he decided, I'm going to grow as a child, and I'm going to strengthen myself just as each and every person does. Like, he could have come in like, how many of you have seen the movie Aladdin, Right? When he comes in and he's now Prince Ali Ababa, right? Like, Prince Ali, my, right? All that fun stuff. Like, he could have come into trumpets and all this pomp and circumstance, but he decides, no, I'm going to come in this way. But yet, he is the greatest gift we've been given. But he comes in not so flashy package, right? So, today, let's look at a little bit of scripture here as we continue on, all right? So, over in Matthew chapter 1, we see Matthew's recording of the story and of Jesus being born. And an important thing that we often skip over in the, part, the first part of Matthew because it's kind of boring is the genealogy of Jesus, where Jesus came from. But it's really a, a very important part of the story, right? Because it goes back to those prophecies that were given and where the Messiah was going to come from. And when you follow that back, what does it do? It fulfills that prophecy that was given right here in this genealogy. But then as we continue on, we're going to start in verse 20. All right, it says this. It says, but after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him. Now, who is the he and what is he considering? His name is Joseph. He is going to be the father of Jesus, the earthly father of Jesus. But he is considering divorcing his wife that he has not yet married. Because she has become, she has a child. Not from him. And so he's thinking about, okay, I think I'm going to 
divorce her because I'm a good guy, right? So I'm going to step out of the way. But here's the thing. As he's considering this, look what happens, all right? Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, don't miss that part, because we read this story often, don't we? We often read it every year. Look what happens. Because he will save his people from their sins. Now, this next line is what really gets me, okay? Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now, let's go back just a few steps there, okay? Verse 22. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord. You could stop there, right? You don't need that next part. You could stop there. What was spoken by the Lord, but what does it say? Through the prophet and the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 7, it says this. It says, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So when Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him, and he married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Now, there's fulfillment in that prophecy. But as we continue on, flip over to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to see again just this continuation of fulfillment. And we're going to start in verse 1. Again, a story that we read often, but maybe there's some things we just skim over or skip. All right? So the first, in those days a decree went out for those or went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. And the first registration took place while Quirinius was governing over Syria which was a real person in a real place and a real thing that happened. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David. So there we see that genealogy that's talked about in Matthew is again brought into the book of Luke. Now, as you continue, uh, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no place in, at the lodging place. Now, here we see multiple times that prophecy is fulfilled. Look here. The city of David, the place that he was going to be born, right? The woman or the, the status, if you will, of the woman who gave birth. And then also the fact of where he would be laid once he was born. They continue to be fulfillment of this prophecy in this birth of Jesus and who he was. Now, when we get that awesome gift that we love on Christmas, right? What's the next thing we do? We celebrate. Oh, man, do we celebrate, right? We like I love those YouTube videos where kids open something and it's exactly what they wanted and they're just screaming and they're running around the room and all these different things. Or like the Disney World ones where they open those up and they're like, we're going to Disney World. You know, and they're just ecstatic about their gift, right? They celebrate it. Well, there was no difference here on this gift that was born on this day. There was a great celebration. Look in verse 8 of chapter 2 in Luke. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. 
And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to people he favors. Right? Like how beautiful is that celebration? These guys, these angels, these shepherds know, or the shepherds find out, if you will, right? They know what the gift is. The gift is the Messiah. The Messiah has come. Now it's time to celebrate. And so look here. The celebration was from those who had anticipated Jesus coming, but also from those who knew the story behind the gift, and also from those who knew that there was no pomp and circumstance required, and from those who knew what the gift was going to mean to others. And then he came in the most humble of ways, but yet the greatest gift that was ever given. Now, if we go back into this and we go into verse 11, look again, it says, Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. Right? But here's the great thing right before that. Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy That will be for some people? No, no. All people. Right? It will be for all people. This is the beginning of the gospel, if you will. This is the beginning of Jesus' story. This is the beginning of the good news that is to come. Now, here's where we are today. All right? Maybe today you don't necessarily know that greatest gift. You don't have Jesus in your life, right? Maybe that's where you are. And that's a step that maybe today is the time that you can take. And this can be a new Christmas season for you in knowing Jesus. But if you do know Jesus, here's the thing. Celebrate it, right? Celebrate it because you have been given the greatest gift, The greatest gift has been given to you. And when we talk about being the gift to our community and to our city, we have an opportunity to share this beautiful gift with them. Right? In a little bit, when we take our angel trees out to these different people, we're going to have an opportunity to share again and show again the love of Jesus and who he is. Right? Blessing them and showing them the love that we've been shown. So, as we walk into Christmas, as we walk into these next couple days... Remember to celebrate. Don't forget who he is. All right? Let me pray for us, and then we've got a couple more songs that we're just going to celebrate who Jesus is. Okay?